and a, a failure at anything in life, it can be painful. It can be costly. It can be very inconvenient. And at times, for example, when, when we were younger, we took our driver's license test. Some, some people had to take them over and over. But however, as many as you know, failure can also be a great teacher. <clears throat> a teacher of lessons that we're not able to learn in any other way. Now, of course, I'm not promoting failure as an educational tool, but I do want us to be aware of some of the important things that our failures can teach us. For that reason, I'd like for us to look at the episode in a, a failure in one man's life that taught him many things and continues to instruct us today. Briefly examine the instant in the life of Aaron, Moses' brother, and see what it can teach us, what lesson we can learn to help us today. Now a little bit of the background of Aaron is before we look at his failure, we know that Aaron was Moses' brother, Exodus 4 and 14, who was appointed at first to be Moses' spokesperson to the Israelites in Egypt and before the Pharaoh. Moses was reluctant to, to speak, and so God gave him Aaron, gave Aaron the task of speaking on Moses' behalf, Exodus 4 and 28. Now Aaron and his sons were later selected by God to serve as the priests in their ministry of the tabernacle while the Jews wandered in the desert. He was at Moses' side for most of their time in the desert, except for the one time when he and, his, and Moses' sister Mary criticized Moses' leadership. Aaron was Moses' right-hand man. Now, like Moses, Aaron was not allowed to enter the promised land. He was told by God to pass on the priesthood to his son, Elzer, and died on Mount Hor. It seemed that Aaron was greatly loved by the people. And at his death, they wept and mourned him for 30 days, Numbers 20, 27 through 29. Aaron was a great servant of God <clears throat> and the first to serve the people of the whole. However, he was a, a man who experienced great failure in his life and his ministry. I want to take a look at Aaron's failure. The people had escaped Egypt and camped in the desert. God had provided their food and water in miraculous ways. For example, the manna, the quail, the water from a rock, God has spoken to the people and, and, and gave them their instruction and his law and the ways has begun. The people have been given instruction as the system and place of worship which Aaron and his sons were appointed to serve as the priests. There is great activity in preparing the tabernacle and various elements that would be used in their worship. Now during these times, Moses is called up to Mount Sinai to be given the laws of the people, the commandments of the Lord himself, inscribed on the stones. Moses had gone for a period of time, a period that the people find too long for them to wait. It's during this time that Aaron fails in his leadership and priestly role. Now in Exodus chapter 32, starting in verse 1 through 8, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God 
who would go before us as for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt? We do not know, know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Tear out the gold rings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off the gold rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took this from their hand and fashioned it in a graven, with a graven tool and made it into a molding calf. And they said, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Israel. Now when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. So the next day they arose early and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Verse 7 says that the Lord spoke to Moses, Go down at once for your people whom you brought up from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molding calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed to it and said, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now Exodus 32, 1 through 8. And I want you to keep your Bibles turning there. But note what happens here. The people are fidgeted. They're restless. Their religion was the center of their lives and nothing was happening while Moses was gone. They wanted to have a religious feast. A religious activity and demanded that Aaron provided one from them. Now we have to understand that the tabernacle and all the instruments for the sacrificial system of worship as well as the procedures for this have not been completed yet. But the people want to worship and celebrate now. They don't want to wait for Moses or the completion of God's place and the method of worship. So Aaron, who was raised in Egypt in Egyptian ways, tried to pacify He tried to pacify a seemly goal by giving in to their demands. And that's the lesson today that people are going to come out of. They're going to try and get us to change our worship to make it easier on them and make it more convenient for them. Now remember, Aaron is the spokesperson. Moses is the leader. God speaks to and instructs Moses, not Aaron. He may not have known how to hurry up the completion of the work, but he knew who the leader was. And he knew enough that he should have waited. Now Aaron collects the gold and produces a, a, a statue of a calf, which was in Egypt the symbol of fertility, prosperity. As far as pagan gods went, this was a creative and religious masterpiece and no way meant to dishonor God like the Crystal Cathedral. No, but his intention was to, he wanted to quiet people and to give them a legitimate, satisfying worship experience. Of course, things go wrong very quickly. The people revert back to the pagan practices learned in Egypt, where they mixed immoral activity with their religious festivals. The situation is de degenerate as the people go from adultery to excessive and impure and indecent conduct. Now let's go on down verses 9 through 18 of Exodus uh, chapter 32. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, they are an abstinent people. Now then, let me alone, that my anger may burn against them, 
that I may destroy them, and I will make of you a great nation. Verse 11, Then Moses entreated the Lord as God and said, O Lord, why does your anger burn against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak, saying, With evil intent, he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to destroy them from the face of the earth. Turn from your burning anger. Change your mind about doing harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by yourself, and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. And all this land which I have spoken, I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. Verse 14 says, So the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do to his people. Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets which were written on both sides. They were written on one side and the other. The tablets were God's work, were God's work, and the writing was God's writing engraved on the tablets. Verse 17, Now when Joshua heard the sound of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a sound of war in the camp. But he said, It's not the sound of the cry of triumph, nor is it the sound of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. And verses 9 through 18, the scene switches to Moses on the mountain, who after being informed by God of his anger at the people because of their sin, he successfully pleads with God not to destroy them and rushes back to the camp. Now let's pick back up in verses 19 and go through 24. And it came to a, it came about as soon as Moses came near the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger burned, and he threw the tablets from his hand and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf which they had made and burned it with fire, ground it to powder, and scattered it over the uh, surface of the water, and made the sons of Israel drink it. Then Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought such great sin upon them? Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know, that the, you know the people yourself, that they are prone to evil. For they said to me, Make a God for us who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let let them tear it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire and came out this calf. Moses returns. He destroys the golden calf, confronts his brother. Now note how this great man faced with his great failure. Doesn't even have the strength to stand up to his own sin. His excuses are lame. They forced me to do it. You know how they are. It's not my fault. I just threw the gold in the fire and out came this calf. You were gone and I had to do something. Because of his weakness and his failure to stand up for what was right. We read further on that the people committed a great sin. We're punished for it. 3,000 men lost their lives that day as the countermeasure was begun to stop the spread of the religious rebellion. 
The people broke their covenant with God and to be faithful and not worship idols. Now the result was guilt and shame. And Aaron's reputation and standing before God, Moses and the people were seriously compromised. He was the chosen one to be a minister unto God for the people and he had disgraced himself with his terrible failure. Now of course, we know the story does it end there. We go on and see Aaron's consecration. Well after this episode, the people rededicate themselves and the work to complete the tabernacle. The equipment and special priestly garments is renewed. Moses receives and passes on a new set of commandments and the people prepare to worship God according to his command, his purpose, and his design. So we fast forward to chapter 40 and read of another important episode in Aaron's life. After all is built and set into place, the Bible says that the following instructions were given to Moses. Exodus chapter 40, verses 12 through 16. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the doorway of the tent of the meeting and wash them with water. You shall put the holy garments on Aaron and anoint him and consecrate him that he may minister as a priest to me. You shall bring his sons and put turnips on them. And you shall anoint them even if you had anointed their father that they may minister as priests to me and their anointing will qualify them as perpetual priesthood throughout their generations. Thus Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. So he did. The miserable, this miserable failure, this man who had demonstrated how incompetent he was to do the very thing he was called upon to do. This is the same man over whom these words were spoken by God himself. What a happy ending to a sad story of failure. Now I want to look at a few lessons that we can learn from these failures to help us be better Christians and better people today. Now at the start of my lesson, this morning I told you that failure is a good teacher. I reviewed Aaron's failure in order to highlight a few lessons that we can learn from his experience. The first lesson is even great people fall. No matter how great you are, you can still fail. Aaron was chosen by God, given power and position by God, but this did not guarantee a life without failure. We've been baptized. We put on Christ. That didn't throw a blanket over us to tell you, go out and do what you want. You're not going to fail. God can use us to serve Him, not because we're great, but because He is great. The A-type people, the overachievers, those who succeed in many areas, need to understand that they can and will fail badly. When they do, they need to realize that God can still use them. Even after we fail, because His love is greater, 
than any of our post or our future achievements. Now, another lesson we can learn is our failures are never forgotten, but they are forgiven. I bet you each and every one of us can think of a failure that someone done 10 years ago. We might be able to remember a failure that we done a year ago. Poor Aaron. His failure is forever recorded in the Bible for all to see. But Aaron could go on with his life and his ministry because God forgave him to stumble. Some people think that so long as they can remember their own or somebody else's mistake, then there's no real forgiveness. But Aaron's story reminds us that we need to focus more on God's forgiveness instead of our failures. If we wish to regain our confidence for the future as well as the ability and the desire to forgive others, if you dwell mainly on yours or someone else's failures, you will never succeed at forgiveness and receive the healing that comes with it. Now the last lesson I want us to, to get out of Aaron's failure was failure lays the groundwork for improvement. Aaron learned a hard lesson from the episode with the golden calf. It was a lesson that prepared him for the rigorous ministry of the priesthood. His failure improved his capacity for understanding and compassion. Despite the splendor of the tabernacle and divine mysteries of the sacrificial system and all, aside from the beauty and the commanding presence of the priestly garments, Aaron never lost Sight of the fact that like the people he represented, he too was only a fellow human being in need of God's mercy. And that's where each and every one of us are this morning. We're just fellow human beings in need of God's mercy. This lesson has been stamped on his heart through failure, and he was a more effective minister because of it. We learn from our mistakes. We learn from others' mistakes. From start to finish, the Bible tells and retells the story of man's continual failure in keeping God's commandments. It also recounts God's continual effort at forgiving and restoring a failed humanity. This should give us confidence to approach him the next time that we think that we have failed too badly to ask for forgiveness, to ask him to be our Lord. And we are his sons and daughters or ministers again. So I want to just ask you that if, if you have failed, maybe failed badly or just failed, or maybe you fall often, I want you to take this message to heart. Let God forgive you these things and let him show you how to build a glorious life based on your forgiven past. You to let God of love and mercy into your heart through repentance and baptism if necessary and a sincere restoration today. So if you need to be baptized or maybe you've already been baptized but you just stepped out of God's way. Maybe you're facing some trials, tribulation, or stomach blocks. We need the prayers, the encouragements of the congregation. Whatever you need may be, I should come forth this time and we stand to sing our song.
of invitation.